Welcome to the Peds NP, Pearls of Pediatric Evidence-Based Practice, Episode 1, Do It for the Kids. I'm your host, Becky Carson. Join us today as we introduce this brand new podcast and talk about how we got to this very place, a podcast in a pandemic. I've thought about starting a podcast for years because I love teaching, I am a very verbose woman, and I feel like there's a gap in representation of nurse practitioners in free online medical education, which is otherwise known as FOMED. I realized that semester after semester and year after year, I was repeating the same information to my students that I was telling orienting nurse practitioners in practice. It's inherently difficult to apply knowledge to the complexities of patient encounters, so I figured that creating a podcast that shared the science and decision-making process could help students and novice providers bridge the gap from books to the bedside as you learn to build your own practice. The mission here at the PedsNP podcast is to disseminate free online medical education in pediatrics to pediatric providers, be it nurse practitioners, physicians' assistants, physicians, and students of all kind that focuses on the practical application of knowledge from the current literature in order to help bridge that gap from the classroom to practice and encourage the best evidence-based care for children in our communities. How did we get here, you ask? I was finally inspired to get on the air when COVID-19 hit and my nurse practitioner students at Catholic University, where I teach, were forced to stay home in order to stay safe but yet they needed the practical skills that are essential to our practice. How are they going to learn these essential tricks of the trade without being in clinical? Part of the hard part of clinical is what we call the art of medicine or the art of nursing. It doesn't really matter which discipline you insert here. It just means that it's a learned skill that you need the tactile experience to absorb sufficiently. And while a podcast is certainly not a substitute for hands-on learning, it could give students and new providers a leg up with evidence-based rationale and critical thinking skills. Medical decision-making requires baseline knowledge, but it also takes understanding your patients and tons of nuances that they will not teach you in books. One of my goals is to address common questions in practice that a novice or student might have so that you can learn to build your practice. This is a great place to help you learn or study if sitting in front of a book or a computer just doesn't suit you. Hop on the treadmill or put on the Peds NP while you're in the car and get a dose of evidence-based practice in 15 or 20 minutes. You'll see that I offer my personal perspectives and stylistic approach to pediatric primary and acute care that's founded in the literature. There's more than one way to skin a cat, but my decade plus of experience in pediatrics has shown me some tricks of the trade that I wish I had learned sooner. Each week, we'll select a topic to discuss, and I'll give you perspectives and my pearls of wisdom on assessment, management, anticipatory guidance that is laced with some really crazy stories, as well as the current evidence-based literature. So you might be still wondering if this podcast is for you. Let me help you make that decision by telling you a little bit more about myself and my stylistic approach to peds. I'm originally from North Carolina and went to undergrad at UNC, and then I traded blues and went down Tobacco Road to Duke for graduate school. For those of you who are familiar with the Battle of the Blues, I will leave my allegiances at the door and say that the rivalry begins and ends with basketball. During graduate school, I had 
an amazing opportunity to spend my final residency semester in Moshi, Tanzania, where resource-limited medicine really heavily impacted the kind of provider I would become. It was there that I realized the incredible amount of waste that occurs in the American healthcare system. I had to fly halfway across the world in order to see that. When a patient wants to see a provider in Tanzania, they have to pay for it up front. It was the equivalent of about $2.66 to see a provider, which in Tanzania could buy several loaves of bread. Then anything you wanted to add to their care, venipuncture, labs, medications, they had to purchase all of those items and then come back. So the family left the clinic to purchase a butterfly needle, the lab tubes, any other supplies, IV fluids you might need in order to have their care completed. You knew well and good that the lab might move too slowly where a CBC could end up clotted and you wouldn't even trust the results. So I was confronted with making decisions about workups with impoverished patients, some of whom had already spent a month's salary to travel to the clinic and taken several days off of work where they're spending money, not making it. And I really learned to let my history and physical exam guide me to help make decisions on risk and worst case scenarios. I came to the conclusion that if it didn't impact my management, then I didn't need it. And that's really carried over into my practice here in the United States and as an educator. So back stateside and fast forward years later, a few jobs, some additional degrees. I'm a clinical assistant professor at Catholic University in Washington, D.C., where I teach in the pediatric and family nurse practitioner programs online. I want to include a disclaimer that this podcast represents my own views and opinion and does not represent those of Catholic University. Make sure to view the rest of the disclaimer as it points out that this podcast is not to be used as medical advice for the treatment of yourself or other patients. Okay, back to me. I remember writing my application to graduate school and used this really cheesy story in my personal essay. Maybe you've heard it before. It's the parable of the man walking along the beach where there are thousands of starfish washed up on the shore. One by one, he picks up a starfish, looks at it, and throws it back into the ocean. When a stranger walks by and asks, why are you doing that? It's pointless. You'll never be able to pick all of them up. It doesn't matter. He picks one up, looks at it, looks at the stranger, and full mic drop style throws it back into the ocean and says, it mattered to that one. I cringe a little bit recalling this essay because of how corny the story is and also how drastically my goals have changed over the years. While patient care still deeply matters to me, I see myself as an educator of the next generation of nurse practitioners who will go out there and individually care for thousands of patients in their careers. So the parable would fit my life better if the man on the beach hijacked a bulldozer and pushed all the starfish back into the sea or recruited all of his best friends to go and do the same thing. I'm trying to reach the masses for the kids. Why? Because they are our most vulnerable population of patients and they're worth making the right calls based on the evidence-based practice. It was at Duke that I remember sitting in a class one day with Marsha Lormer, who is one of the OGs of pediatric nurse practitioners and just a wonderful mentor and friend and thinking, I want to do your job one day. And that aspiration has come true for me, but the landscape of nurse practitioner education looks really different now, which is a wonderful and exciting challenge. Okay. So maybe I've already won you over. 
Or maybe you're still wondering if I'm the kind of educator you could learn from. Let me give you a little preview of the phrases you'll hear me say over and over again to help you build your practice. Take it back to the patho. This means that I want you to think about what's going on in your patient from a pathophysiologic standpoint on a cellular level. If you don't understand the mechanisms by which your patients are sick, then you're blindly managing and can't reasonably be expected to successfully navigate the nuances of tough decision-making. That's another thing that you'll hear me say, reasonable. Many times there's more than one right answer to the conundrum, and it includes a variety of influences. You might make choices based on the information available right now without the benefit of hindsight or advanced resources. So do your best, and if it includes the principles of beneficence or non-maleficence, then it's probably a reasonable choice. Ask yourself, will it change your management? Before you order a test, ask yourself whether the result will change what you do. If the answer is yes, then by all means, it sounds like a valuable addition to the workup. If the answer is no, then you probably need to heed my next piece of advice. Spend an extra five minutes educating and skip whatever you were going to waste money on. Much of what we do in pediatrics is provide reassurance to families. When we use the EBP to guide us, we know that sometimes we don't need additional resources, labs, diagnostics, medications, etc. But that doesn't stop the parents from being worried. If you take the time to stop, sit down, talk through the education and the science of what's happening with their child, You'll create an ally and save on unnecessary healthcare dollars. And in the end, you might actually save yourself time. Give specific return criteria. I hate reading my students' papers when they write, return to clinic for no improvement. It's so vague. It doesn't tell them actually anything. Give specific, quantifiable return criteria so that the parents can take their worry out of the decision-making that they're doing at home. Return if they're still having fever on such and such date. Return if no wet diapers greater than eight hours. Return if blood in the vomit or stool. I'll often use concern as my final piece because as a provider and a mom, I've learned to trust parents that when they say something is not right, they're often correct. So I leave that caveat there for them. If it looks like a duck, walks like a duck, and quacks like a duck, it's probably not sepsis. Or I might insert any variety of ridiculous things in here. It's a phrase that's meant to build confidence, like the use of the word reasonable. If your history, physical, and labs are reassuring against or for one diagnosis or another, then you should feel confident in it. Move forward. And then lastly, document, document, document. The medical record can save you and your patients from bad outcomes when you explain your medical decision-making. It's super important and a learned skill. I want to thank you for joining me, and I hope you'll tune in again later. Please feel free to leave comments here or email us for questions or suggestions on future topics. I'd love to hear from you, and I hope you'll join us again next time when we keep the conversation going about everyone's favorite emoji, poop. Until then, do it right for the kids. Take care.